Hello and welcome back to the Regents Pod. We are so excited to be back with our first episode of the year and we have a very special guest, Dave Newton. Thank you so much. Thank you for inviting me. How are we doing? Yeah, I'm really good actually. Not too bad. The sun is shining outside. It is. It's a yeah, yeah, so can't complain. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's good. Very exciting. It's great to have you here. And um, yeah, so you are the principal of Regents. Yeah, my official title is um, Principal of Regents Theological College and Director of Training for the Elim Pentecostal Movement. So imagine trying to get that on a business card. <laughs> yeah. That kind yeah. of takes a bit of work. Yeah, but, okay. uh, yeah, and I tend to switch for one or the other. But, sure, yeah, sure. Yeah. Nice. So what exactly does that entail with your... Yeah, work? that's a good question, uh, James. So um, Elim has about 550 churches around the UK. And um, my role is kind of training people for ministry. So those who are coming into ministry initially um, or those who are um, in ministry but need to kind of upskill and kind of that CPD kind of uh, continue professional development side of things. Um, and then it's also the strategic leadership of the college. So the college has about 220 students and I kind of oversee um, the not necessarily the day-to-day running, but the, the direction of where the college is going. Sure. So, yeah. So that's yeah. Yeah. what I do as a day job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very exciting. Yeah. Yeah. And is that something that you really enjoy? Or how do you kind of feel like, um, how did you get into doing that? Yeah, do you know, it's a really good question because I don't think you kind of, you know, when, when you're chatting to your brother and he's saying, what do you want to do when you grow up kind of thing? I'm not sure that principal of a college is the first thing that, that comes <laughs> yeah. to mind. Um, I I got this desire to my phrase is pour fuel on people's fire mm. so, so if somebody is kind of burning with a dream or God's put something on their heart or there's a bit of a kingdom idea how could I play a part to um, increase the temperature <laughs> so, sure, so I, I feel that the role that I'm in is, is kind of an, an equipping role where mm-hmm. I get to kind of help people um maybe achieve their potential or even imagine what their potential could be so um i I feel that's kind of the the heart that god's put within me and this is a really good place to exercise if you like that that kind of gift or that thing so um uh, how I ended up here, I, I applied I applied for the job and got it. <laughs> um, but I've always been part of an Elim church since um, kind of probably 20 years now. And uh, I wasn't an Elim minister actually till later on in life. So I never considered myself as a pastoral minister, you know, kind of leading a church. But obviously we could go into this if you want, that the ministry is a lot broader, if yeah. you like, than just kind of local church leadership. And yeah, definitely. I got ordained about nine years ago now, so. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah, so you do lectures as well. Um, is there a specific area where you enjoy lecturing on, like a t- topic? You... Yeah, so I've got one, um, I'm trusted with one module, which is my very own, which is good. Okay. Uh, you don't get it to level six. So um, the, the third year, and it's kind of church and mission. So my theological education is in missiology, so understanding God on mission uh, and the part that we play in God's mission. So I, that's my kind of module that I get to teach on. Um, but then lecturers will bring me in to kind of if you're like guest lecture or have input in others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I tend to speak in youth ministry because that's my background. I tend to speak on uh, kind of leadership stuff as well, mm-hmm. but predominantly kind of miss- mm-hmm. mission and missiology. Yeah. Yeah. Which sounds very grand, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. <laughs> it does. Very exciting. Yeah. Inspiring. I'm looking forward to that module. I'll have to say, I'll be disappointed, boys, if you don't <laughs> sign up to yeah, it. Yeah. So, yeah. Is it um, one that is optional or do we have to take it? 
it, level six, there's only one optional module. Oh, really? So, um, sorry, one? there's only one core module. Oh, Everything else okay. is optional. Right so, you, so yeah, you, you don't have to take it. No. But I'll, I'll be making <laughs> notes if you don't. Yeah, yeah, you have to now. How long have you been at Regents for? Yeah, so 2015, January 2015, I started. So Pete Reed, who's currently here, was the acting principal. Yeah. And he carried on as acting principal for that academic year. And then June of 2015, I was officially made the, the principal of the college. Mm -hmm. But I've been in post. It will be nine years, actually, in wow. January. So um, it feels quite a long time, but it feels like a blink mm. of the eye at the same yeah, time. Right. Yeah, very exciting. Yeah. And, and in that time, do you have like like a favorite memory from Regents or, or something that's stood out to you over, over that time? A significant event? Yeah, significant effort. Yeah, favorite memory. I, I was privileged to join at a time. So it sounds really grand. Every five years we do the quinquennial review. But it basically <laughs> means like we have to go back to the university that we are affiliated to and um, review the courses, look at what's going well, look at what needs to be changed. And so I joined 2015 and 2016 late was, um, was this quinquennial review. So what was good is it allowed me to kind of come into role and almost reimagine what Regents could look like. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think um, when I joined, we were very heavily dominated by residential, what we call campus-based learning. So in order to study here, you had to come and live on site. Some people love living in West Melbourne. Some mm. people are kind of going, oh, I prefer to live somewhere else. Or I've got a house in London or whatever else. Yeah. So um, it, it allowed us to reimagine how we did training, but also allowed us to really make sure that what we taught was relevant to the world. Mm -hmm. um, I think there's an understanding sometimes where people think of that word theology and it sounds a little bit like we're debating things that aren't really important to the real world. Sure. And I wanted to make sure that our understanding of God, our theology made sense in life. Yeah, yeah. And so I had the privilege of being able to do some of that work or at least lead on some of that work with the fantastic team yeah, yeah. that's here. So does that really make sense? Cool. Yeah, no, it does, yeah. And like, speaking of London, yeah, Regents has just announced a new campus this on London. Well, I mean, this is like <laughs> kind of latest, latest news. Yeah. Um, because just last week was our very first mm. teaching week um, in in London. Uh, we're starting with a very short, non-accredited course in Christian leadership and discipleship, and it's every Tuesday evening. Yeah. Uh, we've got forty students on our first module um, looking at spiritual formation, mm -hmm. which basically means what's it like to be a Jesus follower. And um, we, we'll be teaching uh, six blocks of five weeks sure. um, over this year. Really, really excited. And so, yeah, Notting Hill, Central London. If you want to sign up and be part of Regents, then you're very, very welcome to join us. Yeah. What are the main sort of differences between that campus and this campus? How do they... How are they different? Okay, well, that's a really good question. In London, um, we're operating out of a church building, um, mm -hmm. so, so there's no kind of residential accommodation. Yeah. You know, you just come in for, for the teaching yeah. and then carry on with everyday yeah. life. We're looking at how we teach and maybe some of the structures next year as well. So where is here, we have these kind of focused teaching weeks because mm -hmm. people are living on site. Mm. We're wondering about maybe doing something kind of on Monday day, Monday evenings, so it can work with someone who's working part-time or even working yeah, full-time yeah. and can be flexible in shift patterns. So we're conscious 8 million people live in London and we need That's to true. kind of be where people are really. Yeah, 40 so, down. Yeah, four, yeah, 40 now, only <laughs> 7 million, however many to go. <laughs> yeah, James, James yeah. and I were speaking the other day, 
we had a little idea about Regent's Pod on tour. Yeah. Uh, okay. Why don't we go down to London for the day? Go and see, go and see the new campus. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh, you little, could do, yeah, do yeah. a little podcast yeah. down there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So maybe. Film the area, get a nice yeah, coffee yeah. while you're down yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Kind of, maybe, maybe. Yeah. What could be? Yeah. Yeah. You could go down to the Not- Notting Hill Festival and you could get loads of stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Living yeah. your life. Yeah. 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 Wow, perfect. Well, do you think it's time for our segment, our little fun activity segment that we like to do called Lists and Twists? And so, Dave, we will ask you to list five five things from mm-hmm. a topic and then we'll throw in a twist which will change it up a bit okay um, and so we would like you to list your top five favorite sports wow For, we'll top with that. five favorite sports yeah. okay football has to be in there okay. um i yeah football um mm-hmm. table tennis is going to be on I love that table list <laughs> Um, paddle boarding is paddle boarding a sport or an activity oh I don't know I'll give it to you as a sport I think. yeah yeah I think okay we'll allow it um, tennis mm-hmm. um, more to watch than to play and uh, do you know what I'm going to throw a curveball in there because when it comes to the Olympics I will literally watch any sport yeah mm-hmm. um, and so I'm just going to go curling Wow. I've never done it, cool. but yeah. I kind of like the idea yeah, of it. A bit fun. Yeah, so a bit of curling on the ice. Oh, cool. Is That's that five? Good. Yeah. I think it is. Yeah, I think that is five. Okay. It's a very interesting interesting list. I wasn't yeah. expecting curling. Yeah. But we do have a twist. Okay. And that is, if you could, let's take football, for example, you're, you're number one. Mm-hmm. If you could change a rule or add a rule to football, <laughs> what would it be? What would you want to improve the game? How would you do that? Yeah, I think this would ruin the game, but, <laughs> but it would be quite fun. Yeah. Mm. Where you know, do you remember a couple of quite a number of years ago in the World Cup they had like the um, the golden goal. So the idea was mm. in extra time, if a goal was scored in that half hour period, like literally the game stopped. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just imagine if there was like a mad five minutes in a, in a game of football where if if something happened in that mad five minutes, oh, yeah. it was like a, like a bonus thing, you yeah. know, so if you scored a goal in that five minute period, mm. you got double goals or you yeah, got, yeah. do you know what I mean? So it kind of added some jeopardy or that some kind of- That is quite exciting, yeah. um, halfway through. Yeah, or may, maybe kind of, maybe the first five minutes in the second half. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? If something yeah. happened in that, it's just kind yeah. of, yeah, revived a bit of life. That, that, chaos, that could it? be, a, it would be chaos. <laughs> yeah. Could be quite fun. Or the other one is you could just pick a random member of the, the crowd yeah, who not had any play and they were allowed to have 10 minutes on the pitch wow. yeah, yeah. At, you know like a wild card that would be quite cool <laughs> that would be quite fun yeah. wow yeah. so um, yeah just the, just the thought very cool mm. um, we've heard rumours and whispers that you have a world record that you're a world record holder would you like to share anything about that uh, whispers and rumours are true <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah very wow. true in 2014 um, a few mates um, and myself um, set out on a task to break the world record for the longest ever five-a-side football match. Right. Um, the record at the time, I think, was about 42 hours. So we went mm-hmm. for 48 hours. Yeah. So we started at like nine, uh, nine o'clock in the morning and played 48 hours non-stop. Yeah. Um, and the five-a-side match had to continue, but you're allowed to have eight players on a, on each team, so you're yeah. allowed to be subbed on and subbed okay. off. So we did three hours play, an hour off, three hours play, an hour off, and that's kind of how wow, it worked. Wow. 
It was it was brutal. I can imagine. I mean, yeah. honestly, you had to be on camera at all times. It had to be kind of proved to the Guinness yeah. World Record holders that we were we were there and we weren't swapping with people. And um, I think we were allowed a ten minute shower at one point after 20, <laughs> 24 hours, and it, it was just crazy. Yeah, and the hardest thing was kind of balancing food and exercise yeah. and getting yeah. stiff and. It was in May, and, and so in the daytime it was actually quite warm, and then at night it went freezing cold. Oh. And you just kind of, oh, so um, we we achieved it, succeeded, got the world record, and then six weeks later, some Canadian girls beat it and knocked us out of the park with sixty hours of continuous wow. play. Wow! So uh, fair play to them. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, credit to them. I wasn't going to keep you up for sixty hours. So. That's crazy. Wow. Mm. Very impressive. Yeah, but I've got the certificate on my wall. You can yeah. see it in my office. It, <laughs> it is there. Cool. I, I a cool thing to have. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Oh, well, the, the majority of um, the podcasts that we do um, are often testimonial-based, mm -hmm. and I kind of get to know. Um, just if you're new tuning in, uh, we like to get to know people that come and study at Regents so you guys can see what Regents life is like but also for the people who live here to try and get to know each other a little bit better. Mm. And often, you know, we study with each other and we live with each other, but actually how much do we actually know about each other? And um, yeah, this is just a really great time where we can just come to get to know you a little better and, and yeah, hear a little bit about your, your testimony and, and your Jesus story and yeah. things like that. So if you wouldn't mind sharing with us. Yeah, no problem at all. So how far do you want me to go back? As, as much as you would like. Okay, beginning. cool. Well, interrupt <laughs> and ask any questions as I go. Um, grew up in a Christian family. Um, I feel like I lived in church when I was um, when, when I was born through my early years. Um, it wouldn't be unusual for us to be in church three times on a Sunday, mm. you know, there for every activity, morning, evening, all that kind of stuff. And, and so um, I, I kind of I knew about Jesus. It was kind of just every day, ordinary. Um, and then about four years old, must have been in a Sunday school class, I, I became aware of this concept of sin, selfishness, doing stuff the way that I wanted as opposed to the way God wanted. Yeah. And so my dad went to church on Easter Sunday evening to, to, and for mm -hmm. some reason we didn't go, maybe it had been a busy day. And I, uh, I just said to my mom, mom, I need to say sorry to Jesus for the stuff that I've done in my life, four years old. And so we, ne we knelt down on the kitchen floor and um, I gave my life to Jesus and um, I remember being really excited so I needed to go and tell someone and I, I thought I was the first person in my family who'd kind of given my <laughs> life to Jesus so I, I ran into the living room to kind of tell my older brother um, about my newly found faith and um, I was really disappointed because he goes oh I've been a Christian for years <laughs> and uh, I, I thought I was going to be the evangelist who was going to lead him to Jesus and he was already a Christian so um then you kind of get into secondary school and the reality starts to kick in you yeah. know you kind of um I, I owned my faith but but i realized i actually had to own it you know it wasn't something that was just mm. going to happen naturally so in my spanish lesson um everyone knew i was a christian everyone knew what my dad did for a job and so they, they took my kind of vocabulary book, you know, where you write all your Spanish words in yeah. and like graffiti that Newton's Bible. And <laughs> my Spanish teacher was kind of a fairly um, a skeptic, you know, atheistic skeptic. And, and he would ask questions of the, the Christian. In, you know, we hardly did any Spanish, but he would ask, yeah, questions, yeah. why were there 153 fish in there? You know, and I'm thinking, I've got no idea. I'm, I'm 12 years old. Yeah. But um, so... so I think my confidence grew in my faith because I was prepared to not only live up to what I believed, but maybe 
the questions that were asked of me, you know, kind of tested yeah. and gave me confidence. Um, then a couple of years later, uh, a number of the students in a college that was nearby where we were used to go out into the, the local town centre and like share their faith. Um, they would do it in quite creative ways. It wasn't just shouting at people. And, yeah. and, and I thought, I'm going to give that a go. You know, so, so about 14, 15, I went out onto the streets into the, the town centre. And um, we, we used this thing called sketchboard evangelism. So you'd basically paint a picture on a, on a piece of paper and talk about what you painted. I couldn't paint to save my life. But the guys asked me to have a go. So I'm busy kind of concentrating on my little painting. And I'm about to turn around and tell people about Jesus. And um, unbeknown to me, as I'm painting, uh, all of my classmates basically have formed a, an orderly, oh, okay. like formed the crowd mm-hmm. for me to right. about. And, and so I turned around and I was absolutely gutted and thinking, <laughs> oh, I've got to own my faith now. You know, yeah. I'm about to preach about Jesus. And and so right, my, my story through my teenage years was given opportunity to have a go, to share mm-hmm. my faith, and and I grew in my faith don't really think there was a moment of crisis you know there wasn't a moment where um, I, I doubted it it's mm-hmm. kind of just grown and grown and grown I've been in that yeah. privileged yeah. privileged place so yeah. fast forwarding I got married quite young I was about 21 when I got married and um and yeah married to Liz and we've been married for 20 something years <laughs> there's loads more to that story and yeah. you can ask me more about that but that's that's the kind of initial how I became a Christian and started yeah, sure. to grow in my faith Oh, that's yeah. really cool. Mm-hmm. Do you think that, um, I know we spoke earlier about your kind of role at Regents and how you were equipping others. Do you think that's kind of come from the background of having opportunities to become equipped? Yeah, I, I notice as I reflect back that people gave me like ridiculous opportunities. I mean, in a good sense. Mm, yeah. So, so even, even little things like a Sunday evening, my dad used to have to pick the songs for, for Sunday. You know, what, what were the Sunday evening hymns going to yeah, be? Yeah. And, and, you know, he'd be sitting there at about four o'clock on a Sunday afternoon and says, oh. not, not that he couldn't be bothered doing it, but he was just a bit tired. And he said, what, what song should we sing tonight, Dave? Yeah. And I remember being about eight or nine, you know, picking the songs that we were going to sing on a Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Was that intentional discipleship? Was it, was it that he couldn't be bothered? Or was he giving me an opportunity to get involved? Sure, sure. And I just found throughout my faith, people kept giving me ridiculous opportunities that were probably far beyond my years. Mm. And and as I had a go, I, I stepped into those. Um, I, I've read my first sermon back, it was rubbish. <laughs> Would anyone want to listen to it? Probably not. But but people were really positive and, and mm-hmm. saw potential and kept kind of encouraging me along the way. Yeah, so, yeah. so I think the, answer, the short answer is probably yes. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think that's inspired you to look to help other people and give other people opportunities as well? Um. Yeah, I, I think I think the easy thing to do sometimes in our Christian faith is just get on with it ourselves. Right. Mm. Um, I, I think the greater calling is to do what God's given us to do, but to kind of help others to develop in the process. Uh, And so, you know, you have to give away control and you have to let go and you have to trust people Mm -hmm. if you're going to give responsibilities to others. And it might not be the way that you want it to be done, Mm. but does it really matter? You you know, because at the end of the day, if somebody is growing and testing their own faith Mm. and and, uh, developing their own skills, it's going to have a far greater impact than me doing a good job. That's true. Mm -hmm. That's true. 
Yeah. yeah, and I suppose that ties in with your kind of missional vision kind of thing that we were talking about earlier. And yeah, yeah. and yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean, from from there, yeah, I got involved with an organisation called Youth for Christ. Mm. Um, I was a schools worker. Um, kind of a bit by default. Um, so there was a, a local Wirral YFC centre, which was a charity, and, and they went in and did some schools work, and I just wanted to go and do schools work, but didn't know how to get through the door. So I associated with this group in order to get into okay. the schools to mm -hmm. do some assemblies, and um, didn't know who, who they were. But then as I joined them, they basically said, yeah, we're giving up now. And, and I was kind of left holding, <laughs> holding the baby, so to speak. Uh, and so at that point, there was about 100 pound in the bank, and um, a fairly full diary of school's work to get on with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So as well as kind of working for my church, I just started doing this kind of school stuff and mm -hmm. it built up and got a few friends involved. Um, and then over time, we, we kind of relaunched what was then called Wirral Youth for Christ um, into a charity that employed about five staff. We were seeing about 12,000 young people every year in the work that we were doing. And that was, it was brilliant. And then eventually a guy called Roy Crown, who used to run British Youth for Christ, asked me to consider applying for a national role with YFC. And I took on the role as the director of national ministries, so kind of overseeing um, all of the mission activity, really, of, yeah, wow. of British Youth for Christ. So that was an exciting time. Yeah, loads yeah. and loads of fun stuff that we got involved in. Yeah, so, it does yeah. sound really cool. Mm -hmm. Was there a highlight from that? Multiple, multiple highlights. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the, the people I work with were, were yeah. incredible. Right. Um, ability to just have a go, take risks, mm. like sit in a room and imagine how can we share Jesus? Ah, that's a good idea. Let's go and have a go. Yeah. You know, and it was quite responsive like mm. that. So, so um, uh, we're, we're busy filming this podcast now and it's quite normal to do that. But back in the early 2000s, it wasn't normal to be kind of creating film. I don't think YouTube really existed. Mm. And so um, we had the idea to create a film team to help young people to share their own stories of, of Christian faith. But as I say, it was before film was, was ever cool or commonplace. Um, equally, we were probably the first people to employ a, a fully employed internet evangelist. This was when dial-up internet was, so there was no broadband, there was no iPhones. You, you know, you were kind of in a chat room with somebody yeah, talking yeah. about <laughs> questions of life and faith. Yeah. And, and we, we did an incredible project in Alton Towers, you know, putting a, a big installation in to tell people about Jesus. Oh, and cool. I mean, hundreds awesome. and hundreds of things. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and so, yeah, it was really, really fun time. Hard time, but fun time, mm. yeah. Mm. That does sound really cool. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'll have to give it a go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So after my time with um, Youth for Christ, I um, got very involved with Elim. So, so yeah. Regents is yeah. connected to, to Elim. It's part of the Elim Pentecostal Church. And um, I, I was not only attending an Elim church, I was an elder in an Elim church. Mm -hmm. And the Elim youth movement at the time, now called Limitless, used to be called Serious for God. And in my time with Youth for Christ, I was invited onto that team to start helping to shape the youth ministry sure. within Elim. Nice. So really, that's how my link with Elim started yeah. to kind of become stronger and, and, and more consolidated. Yeah, yeah. And so um, after 17 years of youth ministry, kind of could have done it, and probably I'm still doing it actually in, in loads of different ways, I, I decided it was time to kind of you know, hang up my youth ministry boots and yeah. start doing something there. Mm. Uh, you know, in the wider space. Yeah, so, yeah. so that's how I ended up here in this yeah, role. Sure. So, yeah. And I'm sure you can see how that was a preparation mm. almost for, 
for the kind of the role that you've stepped into. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a different, different chair, same job. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. so, so, so kind of I'm still helping people, you know, share their faith, mm. you know, find creative ways to do that, equipping mm. people, but just doing it in a, in a completely different landscape. Yeah, sure. so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. One particular thing about Regents, which is really good, is the fact that we are able to do all these creative things in mm. different areas. There's something for everyone, really, and that's really what well, I've enjoyed anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I think I think the danger is we can define ministry far too narrowly. Yeah. Mm. So 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 we define ministry as things that happen in a church building, sometimes within a certain time slot in a church building. Yeah. You know, and this this equals ministry. How do I do a service? How do I play my guitar? How do I preach? Mm. All really really important aspects of ministry, but only aspects. Mm. And then there are some people who are working, you know, in a hospital setting or a, a legal practice or anywhere teaching. And somehow they're not doing ministry, mm. which for me is nonsense. You know, we're all called to make Jesus known in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Some people are called out to equip others for works of service, yeah. but everyone's, a, you know, equipped yeah, yeah. for works of service. And, mm. and so I, um, yeah, I have this philosophy of ministry, which is that we all get to play a part. You know, yeah. yes, some are called out, but we all get to play and yeah. we all have a, a role to play in his mm. kingdom. Yeah, so, cool. yeah. For those people that might be listening in um, who were maybe in a similar position to how you felt um, back in the day, kind of kind of wearing your faith and, and doing that, how, what kind of advice would you give to them in, in terms of equipping them with how? Yeah, what, yeah. What would you kind of say to them? Yeah, I think I would say um, get, get some good people around you, listen to some good advice. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, on that journey I was describing to you, there were a number of people who were hugely encouraging. Um, in fact, sometimes I wanted them to be less encouraging and more critical, because <laughs> yeah. I, I was looking for people who point out my faults and help me grow. Sure. Um, but but maybe what I needed at the time was just kind of people telling me how great I was, because it, it, it caused me to keep going. I knew I wasn't great, but you know, it kind of gave me that incentive. So, so find some great people who are gonna cheer you on, mm -hmm. gonna encourage you, gonna build you up. Um, I, I think, um, work work hard at the gifts that god's giving you you know so whatever yeah. that is if you feel you've got a heart in in worship leading or politics or economics or um you know preaching then then like work hard at that gift mm -hmm. you know you, you wouldn't expect a, a a comedian to stand on the stage and have not worked on their craft do you know what yeah, i mean you, yeah, you wouldn't yeah. listen to them if they had so so why would you expect any christian to be able to go into their workplace and have not really you know, giving it their best and and yeah. done what they can. So I think, you know, being a Christian isn't an excuse for um, being lazy with our preparation and that kind sure. of stuff. Mm. You know, we need to be excellent at what we do. So, mm. so, so find some good people around you to cheer you on, um, uh, work hard at it, and then so that's the competency piece. And, and I think that kind of that the character, you know, walk close with Jesus. You know, yeah, one, yeah. one of my favorite verses is um that kind of verse around hebrews you know since um we're surrounded by a great crowd of witnesses to this life of faith throw off everything that entangles us the sin that so easily hinders our progress let us fix our eyes on jesus yeah and um, what does it mean to fix your eyes on jesus it's mm. not just kind of staring at him or doing your devotions for five <laughs> yeah. minutes but what does jesus want for my life mm -hmm. and how can i walk closely to him every day that's brilliant mm -hmm. yeah yeah
well, as we sort of look towards the future, this is a new academic year that we're entering into. Yeah. Um, would you say there's any goals, not only for Regents, but for you personally as well, within the next five years that you would like to achieve, things you'd like to see uh, happen? Yeah, one of the brilliant things about being in Regents and the kind of the academic calendar, so to speak, is it's like a bit like a treadmill, you know, like every every September you get to start again. Yeah. yeah. And so one of the things I do enjoy about this role is you can kind of oh, we made a few mistakes last year, but we we, we get we get a refresh. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. That that's quite nice. Um so so I I see that as a positive. I think one of my prayers is that we can find the people that God is calling um, and and release them in everything that God's calling them to. Um, sometimes it, it gets a little frustrating when we are, you know, so much time, energy, investment goes into preparing courses and programs. Mm. And then you get, oh, where are the people who want to kind of benefit from them? <laughs> yeah. You know, so, so it's that kind of really believing that God's sending the right people Mm-hmm. for his purpose at his time yeah, yeah. For, for me personally um, I've recently completed a course in leadership coaching so um, I, I love coaching in, in every type of the word but this is kind of helping leaders to ask questions understand themselves and become better at what they do and, and so probably over the next five years I'm seeing myself getting into that a little bit more okay. Um, I'd love to do it in the Christian space, but I'd also love to do it in spaces where maybe God isn't as obvious. Right. You know, yeah. so coming alongside health workers or coming alongside business people, and you know, how can we show a kingdom light and narrative yeah. on what's going on in, the, in their world? So, uh, yeah, that that's something that I'm fairly committed to. And I guess the other thing is, I'm I am a parent, and most of my kids have grown up and left home. My youngest son is now 18, which is quite oh, yeah. scary. Um, but but another goal is kind of helping them become everything yeah. that, that God's called them to be. You know, yeah, so, sure. Yeah, at the different ages and stages that they are. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really cool. Um, just this year coming up, um, as we start a new academic year, we've had quite quite a few new students in, haven't yeah. we? Yeah. I mean, quite quite a lot compared to what who was here before. Yeah. So we've had loads of new campus students and and loads of new context students. And a couple have said to us that they they actually watched the Regents Pod before they came which is very exciting very but um, for any future students would you have anything to, to say to them if they were thinking about joining yeah I think I'd say a number of things student isn't maybe what you think it is so there are many ways that you could be a student that yes. is probably the way I would start right. so, so you can study at Regents by doing a five hour online course that will help you with one particular area yeah mm-hmm. so, so, so don't think in order to be a student wow that's like huge and I have to give up everything and my life has to completely change mm. so, so, so there, are, there are entry level ways to study yeah, yeah. Um, some people then get put off studying because they think oh I'm not academic enough you know, I don't even know what that word academic Academic means. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of, or, or it's used as a, this like really negative. I'm going to le- learn loads of academic stuff that's irrelevant. You know, mm. I I think and you'll correct me if I'm wrong that studying at Regents, um, it, it's fairly accessible. You know, yeah, so we yeah. are learning some hard stuff, some stuff that stretches yeah. your head, but we're doing it in a way that hopefully is made easy to understand and make make sense. Of. Mm-hmm. So, so um, don't be put off if you're feeling like you're inadequate or you, you wouldn't be able to, to engage with it. Uh, I think the other thing I would say is that there are a number of ways you can study. So actually being in your context where you can minister and study at the same time is a great advantage. Yeah. Being here on site 
then you're, you're part of a community of learning and that's mm-hmm. really fun. And, and, yeah. and, and so you can learn in a way that suits your, your way of life, mm. really, which is, is quite cool. Yeah, it's, yeah, very yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. I think what's interesting is, uh, obviously, you speak about the community at Regents. Now, it's slightly different for you to some of the other people that we've had on because they've lived yeah. here. Yeah. But whereas you, you just live nearby, mm-hmm. not quite here 24-7. Yeah. How, how do you kind of see what the community is like from your perspective? Yeah, it's interesting you say that, Ben, because when I got the job here, um, we didn't sell our house up north. Uh, mm. Well, we, we were trying to sell it, but six months it took to sell. Yeah. So um, on the 1st of February 2015, I packed myself and my daughter into one car. Liz packed herself and my youngest son and all our stuff into her car. We left all of our stuff on, on the Wirral and we kind of did move in yeah. and we're living on site. Sure. So for, for the first six months, we were kind of, oh, this is, not only are we moving house and moving jobs, but we're kind of living in this community. Mm-hmm. And that was quite interesting because as you can imagine, you're trying to be the principal yeah. uh, and you're living in this kind of community. And then a couple of years into living here, we had a flood in our house and had to move back on site for three months <laughs> so so we've, we've had a bit of experience of, of living here I, mm. I think i think the experience of here or my understanding of living here is it, sometimes it can feel a little bit remote if you haven't got transport mm. you know we are up on top of a hill in a beautiful location um but you have to kind of make an effort to engage with people beyond your your circle yeah, yeah. if you're not careful you could just live and breathe the same people over and mm. over again and so any my encouragement to someone living on site here in Malvern would be connect with people beyond the yeah. campus as well yeah, sure. you know kind of engage in the real world not mm-hmm. that here isn't real but but hold those two in tension um, I, I think it, it's also a brilliant opportunity to make some friends that you're going to have for life you know um, so, yeah. so who, who, who are the people who are going to you know cheer you on when things get mm. tough who are the mm. people you're going to meet and pray with what are some of the rhythms you're going to set for your life yeah, and, yeah. and um what a brilliant opportunity to do that um some of our students are kind of your age but some of our students are a lot older as well and i think yeah. young and older both appreciate it yeah no it's a brilliant mix isn't it mm. yeah it's really good one thing i really love seeing like just a couple of weeks ago we walk into the student lounge and everyone's just sit, gathering praying together yeah, yeah. And it's such a really like just a good community thing. It's yeah. so good. Yeah, yeah. I think the devotional rhythms are fab as well. So, so um, obviously I'm working here, but to have that regular rhythm of let's meet together on Monday morning and we'll kind of worship and pray together. And yeah. then Tuesday there's like a devotional thought, and Wednesday, but you know, there's kind of there's a, a rhythm of kind of connecting with God in community, mm-hmm. which mm. is is brilliant, you know, and, yeah. and and expectation as well sometimes that God's gonna. Yeah, uh, no, to do yeah. I tell you what makes a real difference is the um, the tutor groups that we do. Okay. Yeah. I think I I personally really um, appreciate those and, and and see the value in them, mm-hmm. and especially like it's a group of people that you'll journey with through the, the whole course of the three years. Yeah. yeah the yeah. people that are in my year, and then actually they're not just people in my year, but they're across all the three years. Yeah. So every year you get new people in and some people go and it's just another way of kind of having that intimate connection of not just Bible study, but also, um, what's the word, like checking in on each other yeah, and yeah, accountability yeah. and things yeah, like that. Yeah. So I think what's interesting with the tutor groups is 
you see the first years come in and they're all a bit quiet. <laughs> mm. and, and as a tutor, you see the journey that they go on. And, and so by second year, a bit more confidence. Mm. By third year, they're running the tutor groups. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, and it just feels, it's, it's quite good in the seat that we sit because you see the growth and development in people over that yeah, three-year sure. period. Mm-hmm. Um, although it's all going to go horribly wrong on Monday because apparently I'm taking your tutor group. You are so, taking my tutor group, yeah. <laughs> it might not go Let's to plan. how that goes. <laughs> So, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Well, we normally finish up each kind of podcast. I mean, I know you've already said one, but kind of asking uh, the guests kind of their favourite Bible verse or maybe not their favourite, but one that's kind of um, been with them recently. Yeah. Yeah. Something to take away. Okay, let me me kind of change the question that you've asked me. Yeah, go on. But but answer it as well. When I was a little bit younger than you guys are. I was about 16, 17. Um, and I, I met with some mates. Uh, there's three of us. We, we met together every Monday night. And um, we decided that we wanted to read the Bible together, but we decided we were going to start memorising scripture. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of set ourselves this challenge. And you can imagine three 16-year-old lads. It gets a bit competitive, you know, and, <laughs> and held each other accountable. And so we created this thing called the Alphabet of Success. So we picked a word like action for A or um, best for B or whatever it was. And we found a Bible verse that had that word in it. Yeah. And then we learned this. So, so we basically um, learned our own alphabet of success. Sure. So um, I could probably quote you 26 different verses that have <laughs> yeah. stuck with me because they, they, they did stick with me. So um, faith by itself, if not accompanied by action, is dead. And I think that that is really important to me because I, I don't want a faith that is just a belief in something if it doesn't have legs and yeah, doesn't have yeah. a practical side. But of that list, one of my favourites was um, was D. And um, it was no discipline, is pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who've been trained by it. And it's that notion of actually I need to put some effort in yeah. But as I discipline myself to become more like Jesus, Jesus kind of transforms me, and and that discipline was worth it. You know, the yeah, hard work sure. was worth it. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, there there are a couple of verses. I won't do all twenty six because we'll be here all day. So. But but my, my lesson is this: let's learn by let's learn the Bible. Let's yeah, definitely lose the art of Bible memorization. Yeah, so, yeah. All right, well, that's fantastic. Thank you very much. Um, let me just pray, and then and then yeah. yeah. Father, thank you for for Dave, Lord, and, and thank you for everything that um, he has done here at the college, uh, being the principal, Lord, and, and everything that he does for the students. But also thank you for the, the journey that you have taken him on and um, the man that you you have made him to be, Father. Um, we just really lift him up to you now, Lord, and pray that you'd just bless him uh, as we go into the rest of this week. Uh, thank you for him coming onto the podcast just to share a little bit about who he is and uh, what you have done through him. In your beautiful name, amen. 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 Uh, we thank you for watching this podcast episode. Hopefully it's encouraged you. Hopefully it's blessed you. We just pray that if you have any comments or any questions or anything you'd like to ask, please just drop them in our YouTube description comments or send us a message over on Instagram at regents.pod and we will answer your questions maybe in a future episode of the podcast. But for now, have a great week and we will see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>